most wonderful show is Keeping Up With The Joneses. Welcome to episode 174 of Keeping Up With The Joneses, where this week we're talking about how to start something new. But first, AJ Jones, how was our week? It was a great week, wasn't it? Is that because we weren't at work for more than half of it? <laughs> yes, we had a glorious four days off. Thank you, Thanksgiving. Yes, we, we're quite fond of Thanksgiving. Now, I know that you say that you're used to Thanksgiving because you have it in Canada, blah, 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 blah. I don't wait, a ha- minute, wait a minute, blah, 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 blah. The Canadians celebrate Thanksgiving. It's a family holiday. <laughs> but it's different than American Thanksgiving. Well, because we celebrate on a Monday instead of on a Thursday, which is so random. Well, Thursday or Monday's random? Thursday. Why is Monday not random? Well, Monday is like the natural day off for the end of a week. You know, you just sort of have a long weekend and you go how, into a Monday. How is that the you know, end of a week? It's well, the beginning of a week. Well, like a holiday. Really? But you only get mm-hmm. one day. In America, you get Thursday and Friday. Well, I'm not sure everybody gets Thursday and Friday. We just do. Black Friday. Black Friday is not a holiday. <laughs> Wow, the marketing's working on you. Wait, so I don't get Cyber Monday off either? No, you have to work on Cyber Monday, darling. <laughs> I feel like I've been shortchanged. I still don't understand Thanksgiving. I mean, of course I understand it. I know the history, blah, 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 blah. But because because we weren't born in America or raised in America, we don't have any of the cultural trappings. I'm wondering if next year we need to find a family to take us in for an authentic American Thanksgiving experience we have had one or two of those no we haven't yes we have we haven't gone to anybody's house for thanksgiving yes we have the first year we're here we went to james gall's house for thanksgiving and they put on a huge spread that's true i just assumed because it was at james's house it wouldn't have been like an accurate representation of a normal american household yes well there was a lot of singing (laughs) and i mean that in the kindest possible way i I love you james the feces but they made their own cranberry sauce So there's got to be something traditional about that. How do you remember all these details? Because I don't like cranberry sauce. So I remember watching it. So it stuck out from trauma. Yeah. (laughs) Not trauma. I didn't eat it. But the turkey was good. What did did we do for Thanksgiving food this year? We we did the traditional Mexican Thanksgiving meal. Tacos. Tacos. (laughs) Well, here's the thing. We, We got Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday off. Yes. I had one shower in all those days. We I, I noticed. <laughs> it was not pretty. We basically lived in our pajamas yeah. for the whole season. And then I remember you just spent the morning tidying and then you were about to start cooking. And I was like, babe, do you really want to mess up the kitchen you just tidied? Could we not do like a big meal tomorrow? We could just graze on chips and pretzels and tacos. And so yes. you were like, sure. So we just said tacos. Yeah, because tacos are... Easy. No, when I say tacos, I'm I'm more mean fajitas for those of you that are in the know. But uh, yeah, they're they're not really. It wasn't like ground beef. It was brisket, and it was. You yummy. can have brisket tacos, baby. Okay. You can have chicken tacos. Mm-hmm. You can like have a variety of fillings in tacos. Okay. They but don't have we to do be fajita fajitas. veg, and it's they're more like fajitas, if you ask me. Based on your cultural heritage. Yes. Okay. I see. Shut it. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it because basically I spent four days playing video games with the kids. Yes. And you got some space to yourself downstairs playing video games by yourself. I did. I I I did a lot of, well, not a lot, but I did some tidying and that kind of stuff. But uh, I played Catan. You, you just love your Settlers of Catan. I do. It's quiet. It's lethal. I don't like actually playing online against people because then I feel bad for like trouncing them where... When I play against the computer, I don't feel bad at all. I thought the whole time you were always playing against the computer. You mean there's real life people who play against I you? I have. I have I've played against uh, some people online, 
that are friends of mine. And um, I was mocked for it last night. <laughs> Why? Well, because I was sitting with Cindy, who I play against online sometimes. And it, is, she, is she good? She's good, but uh, she moves slower than I would like. So I tend to heckle her. I text her in the middle of the games and heckle. And so I think it's just better <laughs> if I play against the computer. <laughs> but how to lose friends? Yeah. Play Catan. I'm too competitive for uh, playing with friends. Aside from aside from pajamas and tacos, we had a great Thanksgiving. If Thanksgiving was just nonstop rest. Yes, but the one thing I've noticed is, and I've noticed this before, I think I think we go at such a pace that when we actually stop for a whole day, I feel dead tired. Mm-hmm. Like so. By Wednesday at dinner, I was just like, oh my gosh, I feel like I've been run over by a truck. And I still felt like that on Thursday. So I didn't really start to feel like, oh, this rest is doing something until probably Saturday morning. I was like, oh, I feel like myself again. That's where you need video games, babe. That's where you need to play Nintendo because Nintendo helps lower all of that anxiety immediately. I don't think that can possibly be true. I end up digging my nails into my hands and Mm. trying to, you know, yeah, it's not really my thing. Possibly. Yeah. Um, Aside from that, we had Artie Kendall in at the school. Yes. Which was amazing. And then yesterday I got a phone call that poor Pastor Jeff was sick. We got mm-hmm. food poisoning. Yeah, that's so, not nice. Last minute, I jumped up and spoke this morning on dreams, and I, it was awesome. You were very kind. I had a Thank great you. time. I loved our. I loved. I love our Grace Center family. They they're so fun to teach. I thoroughly enjoyed it. So I had a lot of fun with that. Excellent. All right, our main topic for this week is a little close to home. Yeah, it's all about starting something new. It's hard, isn't it? I think it seems harder than it actually is. You're probably right. You mean before you sort of launch into it, you look at it and go, oh my gosh, this is epic. Yeah, most of the obstacles you're actually going to face in starting something new are usually in your head. Like the barrier of entry to most things. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm sure if you want to start parachute jumping, there's some significant barriers to overcome. One would hope. <laughs> but I mean, if you want to start... <laughs> like any, packing your parachute type courses and things like that. Finding a pilot, that sort of stuff. But a I mean, perfectly work, working plane, that sort of thing, yeah. We've got a bunch of friends who are starting podcasts or starting small businesses or starting a blog or starting music production, whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's very, very hard to start in something that's already established because you're constantly comparing yourself to what's already out there. And I think the danger there is we defeat ourselves before we even start. Yeah. Well, I think if, if you're, constantly looking at what other people are doing, then you're constantly feeling behind the eight ball. But I think it's different if you know the Lord's asked you to do it, hopefully, because then it has nothing to do with what anybody else is doing, because it's just a thing of obedience. The, the other thing is we're always our own worst critic, aren't we? Oh, yeah. I, I And that's, I, I just, I look at all my friends who are super brilliant. Like, let's take Sarah Parsons, for example, all right? Yes. She's a phenomenal painter. Yes. It could be, and I don't think this is true, but it could be that Sarah's just like, oh, I don't think I'm a very good painter. And so, you know, I, I'm not sure. I just feel like I always paint the same stuff. Nobody's going to be interested. She could talk herself out of the brilliant artwork that she produces, not realizing that she doesn't need to paint like anybody else because what she produces, I mean, we love. I right. love. People right. love. Yes, please don't paint like anybody else. Please be you. Right. Right. But what if Sarah was facing all these thoughts like, well, I don't know. I don't know if I'm original enough. It just feels like, you know, whatever. Whatever the lies are in her head. Mm-hmm. Do you know the four stages of learning things? I forget. Somebody's mentioned this at Grace Center the other day. I think it was you. I don't think so, because I remember listening to them, because I think they said it wrong. 
But anyway, the four stages are unconscious incompetence. That's where you don't know that you don't know, or mm-hmm. ignorance. Mm-hmm. So unconscious incompetence, conscious incompetence, which is where you're aware of what you don't know. You're a beginner at something. Then you move to conscious competence. You're aware of what you are doing right, but it requires a lot of mental energy. It's not coming naturally. And that's where you're kind of like an amateur. You've been practicing a little bit. And then eventually unconscious competence, where you're unaware of your skills. You've basically reached... It's not that you're unaware of your skills, but you're. it's so second nature to you that yeah, you're, you're basically naturally. an expert. Yeah, yep, yep. I mean, the fun part is when you're in ignorance, you don't know what you don't know. So you're like, oh, I'm going to start. <laughs> Woohoo! I'm going to write a novel. <laughs> you know, and, you, and you're like, you haven't given this any thought right. whatsoever. You have no idea what's ahead of you. And that's kind of fun. Right. But then you usually hit that beginner stage where you're consciously incompetent. You're suddenly aware of like... I don't know what I'm doing. I don't have a plot. I don't know characters. I, I'm never going to be as good as... Francine Rivers. <laughs> is she a hip-hop artist? I'm not sure if no. i heard her. She's like my favorite author. So when we're beginners, the largest noise in our head is what we don't know. And so all we've got to keep as company is our shortcomings. Right? So failure's constantly ringing in your head. What if I do this and nobody likes it? Or, you know, that, that whole thing. But like we've said, with anything done well... You have to actually keep doing it, just like any Absolutely. any discipline. Absolutely. But everybody wants to skip that part and just get to excellent. Well, of course. So do I, if I'm honest. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. Here's the little secret that nobody tells you about. Iteration is your friend. What does that mean? Iteration? Iter- <laughs> <laughs> that, that's very profound, young man. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> Iteration is yeah. repetition, and with each repetition, things get refined. So think of a rough piece of wood. When you take a plane to that, that like with each swipe of that, that's that's an iteration. And as you do that, the wood gets smoother and smoother or cut into shape. Yes. So think about the original iPhone. It got released. In one way, it was hugely revolutionary, but in another sense, it was quite limited. Like you couldn't copy and paste. Right. You couldn't install apps. Right. You couldn't download anything onto it. Right. But now, like you're on the iPhone 10 and they've solved all those problems. Mm-hmm. So, every, you know, Apple releases a product and they iterate and the product gets better and better and better. Yeah. Most of us will never release a product, whether that's book, blog, song, EP, whatever, for fear that it's not going to be good. The point isn't to be good yet. The point is to get over the hurdle of fear. And it's probably going to be better than you thought it was, but it probably won't be as good as you wanted it to be. Right. Don't let that hinder you being productive. It makes me think actually of when Dan was talking about when Bill was writing his first book and they were just basically like, Bill, just write something. Let's get it out there. We can, you know, you can do second edits and, you know, that kind of stuff. Let's just get it out there. But didn't you Um, find that when you were writing your book that it was easier to edit a complete page than edit an empty page? I didn't even try and edit it at all because my gut was to just trash the whole thing. Which you did several times, Which I did. And so... (laughs) Uh, in the version that actually became the book, I didn't do any editing at all. I literally sent the whole thing off to the person who did the first edit and then took their notes and, you know, fixed things. And it it was edited four times. Right. But I feel like it still sounds like me because all the people that did the editing know me. So, but I just thought this isn't my gift and I'm going to scrap it if I do that. So I need to play to my strengths. And you... How many times did you scrap the book? I remember it was a couple of times. Two, two times, yeah. So you started, you had a chunk, and then you scrapped it. Yeah, I had like six or seven chapters, and then I deleted the whole thing because I was like, can't do it. I wish you'd listen then, to this 
podcast before you did that. <laughs> I know. And then I did the same thing again. But I think I only got three or four chapters in that time. And then I scrapped the whole thing. And then I waited a couple of years and, uh, until I had a plan. Well, that's interesting what you say. Because what about that dynamic when you've actually started something, but it isn't where you want it to be? In your case, you blew up. My advice, and perhaps your advice now, question mark, is actually don't blow up. Don't start again. Yeah. Just redirect all your energy. Yeah. And honestly, I think it was just I was listening to that voice of perfectionism and fear. And so uh, I let it have a say. Yeah, that thing's a big monster. Yeah. You have to understand it's easier to steer a moving ship than a parked car. Right. So you're just like, let's just blow up the car and start again. You're like, no, no, no. Take what you've got and iterate, like improve. Get, Get other people's feedback in there and help. Yeah. Do you remember when we started podcasting? Yes. Right. All the voices in our head. We're louder than our own voices in oh, our head. I couldn't imagine that anybody was actually going to listen. Right. Well, that was the big thing. I'm scared if I do this, nobody's going to listen. Yeah. I'm scared that I'm telling people, oh, we're going to start a podcast and then no one's going to listen. Or we're scared we'd run out of ideas. I honestly did think that. I think I've said that before, but I was like, uh, okay, so I imagine we'll probably get about 10 podcasts in and then realize we don't have energy, we have nothing left to say, or nobody's listening. And so either way, I didn't imagine it was going to last. <laughs> right. And then there's all the technical things like, I actually didn't know anything about microphone technique. For, I don't know, maybe our first 20 or 30 episodes, we never had headphones. We were like, why would we need headphones? I know. Should we demonstrate that whole on access, off access? Mm. You can explain it while I go like this. Uh, come on, baby. <laughs> No. Do you expect me to keep that in? (laughs) You didn't want to explain that for people? It's really exciting. Basically, we had our friend Chris McClarney on the show, and he was like, hey, afterwards, we just said, Chris, do you have any advice for you? He said, yeah, you need to get headphones. We were like, why do we need headphones? Like, we can hear each other. He's like, yeah, but you can't hear yourself. And one of the the dangers is that you go off axis. And we were like, go on. And he's like, well, the important thing about mic technique is that you – you keep your face in a specific location so the microphone can pick you up. And if you don't have headphones, you won't know when you've missed that place. So, for example, if if I turn my head to the side and speak, I sound completely different. Like, the audio is terrible. I can hear that in my headphones. You can probably hear that in your speakers right now. And it's terrible. But if you don't have headphones, you can't tell that. Now, we didn't know that. Right. But, again, you know, somebody helped us with that. Did we delete all the previous episodes and re-record them? No, just... I remember a good friend, Jonathan Zayas, he, he gave us some great advice. He said, never be afraid to iterate in public. As in, don't be afraid to put something out there and then make it better and better. Because actually, your audience will appreciate the journey of, of growing something together. So if you're a painter, if you're a poet, if you're a YouTuber, whatever, put something out even if it's not perfect. I mean, make it as good as you can make it, for sure. And if there's glaring errors, of course, don't put that out. But put something out and grow together, making it better and better and better. Yeah. I think people love being on the journey with you in new things. You know, I think it's quite fun. Like, as as an observer, you know, watching people like Elena start her blog and stuff like that, I'm like, this is super exciting. Right. And, and. You know, as a cheerleader, you're not necessarily looking for perfection from people. You're just looking to watch them grow and be part of the journey with them. So, I don't know. What do you think about research? I mean, obviously, I like planning. So, I think research is a great idea. Mm -hmm. But I think there's a total danger that we can hide in research and then never actually start anything. Because we're just needing more research all the time. 
needing more uh, the two biggest traps i think we fall into is needing more research or needing better equipment and i think both of those things are myths right talk about you i mean it's hard because nobody can see this but you've done a bunch of woodworking projects in the house yeah you did a beautiful wall in our guest bedroom yeah and then you gutted a a closet i guess a hall closet and made it into a beautiful what we call a drop zone yeah uh, Talk us through that process, because you'd never done anything like that before, and you were just like, I'm going to do this. And I'm like, you're amazing. And it turned out brilliant. Um. Well, I guess I just thought, there's no reason I can't do it. You know, I, I want to do it. <laughs> and see, <they're- laughs> see, see, I'm putting myself in your shoes, and you're like, babe, could you build me a, a built-in? I'd be like, no, no. And I would think there's every reason why I can't do it. Well, so here's the thing. I, I like math and wait what are you saying here well (laughs) nothing darling nothing (laughs) just that you don't enjoy it as much as i do or excel at it perhaps um it's true so i like math and i like design things and you know my dad was an architect so i sort of grew up around thinking three-dimensionally my father was a plant virologist and you can't garden either but that's okay son (laughs) did you just sun me Yep. Go on. Um, so I just, I thought, well, if I could get the right tools, there's no reason I can't do it. I mean, you know, I watch Fixer Upper and things like that. There's no reason I can't do it. So I just got a couple of basic tools, found out, did research, right? found out what are the basic tools that I need to build the kind of stuff that I want to build, and then used gift certificates and stuff like that from birthday presents and Christmas to get all the different tools and then planned my first project and then did research on what kind of wood I wanted to use. So there's lots of research involved, but then eventually you just have to decide you're going to do it. Well, that's the key. Yeah. I know it's not, I know you're probably wishing for like more steps than just do it. But as Sheila LaBeouf just said, you've got to do it. Like you've actually just got to do it. Yeah. Do your research and then put something out. Yeah. So I did. I just did it and it turned out great, which was fantastic. Now, it's not perfect. There's things I'd do differently if I ever built it again, but that's part of learning. And that's the beautiful thing, yeah. isn't it? Again, that's iteration. The next time you do it, you've learned, okay, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'll do it differently. Yeah. And then your cousin Paul, who is, this is what he does for a living. Yes. He came and stayed and he was like, oh, you did a great job. You, you might want to look at this product or try this differently. And you're like, okay, so you, it's easier to collect information to add to a body of work than have nothing and just be collecting spurious pieces of information yeah like like his input had somewhere to land because you had something already right and i knew what i needed to learn to do differently because i in some places i'm like oh i wanted that to look a little bit different Mm -hmm. you know so that's great as long as you can not be prideful and just go wow you know the next time i do something like that i think i want it to look more like this then you actually know what you're talking about now instead of just rough ideas but not really any sort of tangible things all right any other closing words of encouragement for people who want to start something new i think if it's on your heart to do it then do it i think be kind to yourself and don't give up yeah i think anything that's on your heart to do if we can kind of get over ourselves and actually try it it'll be life to you right so and it it's not it can't be about being perfect if everything's about being perfect none of us try anything right so go and be fun be fun. Have fun. <laughs> Do you want to listen to this question? Yes. This one's from Hillary. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Hillary says, hello, Alan and AJ. I'm in a group that is working through the Finding Father book. We're almost at the end of week one. Oh, yay. I also listened to your guys' podcast and was curious about what your guys' quiet time looks like now versus when you had small babies. Do you take time in the morning or night? How do you schedule it into your days? Brilliant question. It's super random right now, I would say. Mm-hmm. We we get in seasons where we're both getting up at 5.30 or 6 and spending time in the morning with the Lord. And then we also get in seasons where it's chunks of time at night or when MJ's in preschool or, you know, whatever. So right. it's, it's not anywhere near as um, planned out as I previously had before little babies. (laughs) I was going to say you didn't have three children. No, I mean, I just had me to think about. Um, And and I'd like to get back to it being larger chunks of time. I just don't know what that looks like in the current iteration of our lives. (laughs) See, I used a word, iteration? Yes. Did that work? I'm I'm sure it's a different context, but yeah, great. (laughs) I think that's true. I think you have to be super flexible with with your life to adjust to the seasons of life that you had. Like when I met you, you would spend four or five hours a day with the Lord, mm-hmm. but then you didn't have a family and you didn't have a full-time job. I mean, you, you did, you were an itinerant speaker, but when you were not speaking, you were at home, you didn't have like an office to go to nine to five. So right. you could come home and spend large quantities of time. Right. If you spent that amount of time with the Lord now, you, well, it's funny to say you'd get fired from your job, but you have you have responsibilities to right. go to. You can't yeah, say, hey, I, I'm not I can't teach just disappear class. for five hours yeah, right. a day. Yeah. And so I I think it's so important to not beat yourself up, to prioritize your time with the Lord, but not beat yourself up in the process It's not looking like you wanted it to. So I would say the same, that we've gone through various times uh, and seasons, they look differently. Right now, I have a schedule that I really, really like. I can tell when my schedule gets off. Like when we have guests to stay, it's harder for me to keep that schedule with the Lord, which sounds terrible because I basically have to ignore my house guests, which I don't want to do. But I can tell a difference in my not in my walk with the Lord. That sounds so dramatic, but in the the frequency and the fluency of my time with the Lord, it it changes. So I love having regular times with the Lord. Yeah, but the the when that's happened has varied with our life. Yeah. All right. Well, that's the podcast for this week. AJ Jones, tell us what we need to know. I'm just wondering if, as you're listening, if you could think of anybody who might be encouraged by this podcast, that might be encouraged, you know, even by today's topic of starting something new. If you want to send them a link, it is alanandaj.com slash 174 so that they can listen to it and be inspired to start something new. You know, often we think of other people when we're listening to things and sometimes we forget to share the thing that has made us think of them. And also, if you're working on something or you're starting something new or you've been inspired, you've been thinking about it for a while, but now our podcast topics finally kicked your blessed assurance into gear, mm. you know, reach out to us on Twitter or tag us on Instagram so we can see what you're doing. We'd love to see all the creative projects that you're getting into. Lastly, if you want the show notes for this episode, go to alanandaj.com slash 174. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next week. Faith, life, communication, tacos and video games, paleo donuts and the kindness of God, the things we deal with every day, from Franklin, Tennessee, they are just like you and me, Alan and AJ, keeping Joneses, keeping up with the Joneses, sharing their life.
Joneses Keeping up with the Joneses They talk about faith in God And everything under the sun If you are a human being There's something here for everyone